Should we have beaten the Kansas City Chiefs? And should we beat the Denver Broncos? And anyone remember that time Taylor Lewan sat on a field instead of having a fight? This is the Transatlantic Titans podcast. Standing on the arrowhead at Arrowhead. Brinkley to snap. Turn to hold. Snap. Set. Kick on the way. Good! Drive starts at the one and looking for a little breathing room and they get that in. Plenty more. Derrick Henry still going. Stays in bounds. He might go. 99 yards for the touchdown. Unbelievable. Welcome. I am Adam. Uh, I've got Greg with me. Hello, Greg. Hi, Adam. Great turnout this week. Yeah, fantastic turnout. On the plus side, nobody from North Watford Gap. You know, so we can we can have some some proper discussion with reasonable people, like minded. You know, nobody slightly unhinged or just just a bit odd or just cultural references nobody else gets. You know, none of that stuff. Everyone, everyone's going to be able to understand us, which is which is the best part. There's, this is going to be one hundred percent where everyone will be able to understand what we're talking about. But uh, yeah, no, it's good to be here. Who's got the hardest accent to understand? I'm, I'm thinking for about our American listeners. Not that I want to be throw any shade their way about the inability to understand, say, Brian's T side accent or anything like that. I mean, it's Brian, isn't it? It's got to be. It's got to be Brian, yeah. I can't think. I mean, even I don't understand most of the stuff Brian's talking about. So, whether that's what it, what's actually he's physically saying or his accent, I'm not sure. But um, I'm, I can imagine for for our American listeners, I can imagine both Neil Neil and Brian are probably are probably uh, take some getting used to. But now I think we're, we're, they've been here long enough to uh, for everyone to understand at least twenty percent of what they say. <laughs> for any new listeners, you won't have a clue what we're talking about. Um, for for any new listeners in America. Hopefully you can understand Greg and I. Um, some weeks there might be voices that are slightly harder to understand. That's that's all I'm saying here. Um, we come we come from the south of England, which is just more civilized, nicer weather, just just better, really. Um, just way to, better, let's be honest. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, should we should we just talk about um, our colleagues and have a go at them for an hour, or should we talk some Tennessee Titans? I mean, it's a tough call. It's this, yeah, it is a tough call. It's tempting to to just keep slating the uh, the colleagues, but no, I think let's let's talk a bit of Titans. Let's let's yeah, let's talk about the elephant in the room. <laughs> okay, well, I mean, we we are five and three, and we went into Kansas City. Well, when I mean, full disclosure, let's talk about this to start with. Primetime games in America aren't the best for us in the UK. One uh, twenty a.m. kickoff, um, three hours or so, more than three hours. It went to overtime. It was more like five, I think, before I, I got to bed. Yeah. But I'm I'm too old to stay up for these. I have to go to bed first, and if I if I don't, I'll be falling asleep at the wrong time. Uh, my tactic has been, I reckon, for the last four or five years, generally, it will be go to bed at nine nine thirty, set an alarm for quarter past one. Alarm goes off. Don't know what the hell. In the middle of a deep sleep, but eventually you realise a deep sleep, but eventually realise what's going on. Oh yeah, I'll go go downstairs, turn turn the TV on. Um, Skybox is running an update in the middle of the night because that's that's when these things happen. So you wait for that. It's just just the just what we used to watch the game, go back to bed. But um, where was I going with this? But yeah, I mean a, a prime time game. When when I went to bed at half past nine, after it was after the first round of games on Red Zone, went to bed. And didn't know at that point which quarterback would be starting for us. Now, I, th- I mean, I, I thought deep down it was probably going to be Malik Willis, as it proved to be. But I, I, I wasn't sure what to make of that. I mean, it was quite obvious when you saw Tannehill walking around and warming up and all that footage that he was never going to be, was never going to make the game. I mean, I've even got doubts about him making next week, but we may we may come on to that. Um, what did you make of all of that smokescreen to start with, Greg? I mean, I, I don't think he was ever, ever going to play. I think it, it was a 
a kind of weird tactic almost of uh, we'll, you know, we'll make them plan for Tannehill and have to do a little bit of planning for, for Malik. But to be honest, I don't think it would have made a difference to, to KC anyway, I think whoever they were planning for. So um, I don't think he was ever going to be playing. I mean, if you look at what he did in his warm-up and only saw a very small piece of it, I mean, I think his feet were planted very much on the floor. There was no movement apart from just throwing the ball around. So I don't think it was ever going to happen. Um, at the same time, I did enjoy, uh, unlike you, I decided just to stay up the whole way through, which I'm still paying for now, to be honest with you. Um, you see, you just got, you've just got, to, you just got to learn, learn from these yeah. mistakes. Well, I, I, I have your tactic. Whenever we play on Thursday night or Monday night, I use that same tactic of going to bed early and then waking up. Uh, but for some reason, I decided I'd rather watch the the Rams Bucks game, which I have no idea why. But that just, yeah, that sounds like a mistake. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. But the, um, yeah, I, I was, I was awake to see all of these uh, videos on Twitter of him walking into the stadium. Um, Teron Davenport's one in particular, where he zooms into his uh, into his ankle was was for me anyway absolutely <laughs> hilarious um but I, I don't think he was ever ever realistically going to play if you look at what he did in practice even this week it was very very limited um and yeah I, I agree with you I think there's there's concerns I think it's worse than that that sprain is definitely worse than than they're letting on um how long he'll be out for I don't know but I, I wouldn't I wouldn't say he's guaranteed to play this uh, this coming Sunday either They've been quite guarded about the exact nature of the injury. Um, there was a tweet from Schefter that I saw Mike Herndon jump all over because it was the first time he said he suggested it was a high ankle sprain rather than a low mm. ankle sprain. Now, I'm no doctor. Let me be clear about that. I'm definitely not a doctor. Um, but I Googled kind of what the difference was. I mean, I've, I've you, you hear this stuff. Um, and obviously, the consensus is that a high ankle sprain is worse now High ankle sprain suggests some sort of ligament damage or not necessarily terrible damage, but it it means a, a longer recovery. It's not just like rolling your ankle and you no. limp a bit for a few days. So if that's the case now, Schefter, I'm convinced, just guesses stuff quite regularly. So then they may there may not be truth in that. I still don't think I've confer- had confirmed any of this, but Mike Herndon jumped all over this because it was his reaction was that's the first we've heard of high ankle sprain. Actually, this, this could be quite serious. Generally that's sort of a, a month to six week injury, which, you know, now, now we're talking about week, week 12 or something before, before we came back. I don't, I don't get the impression that that's the case from the, the way the team have been, but there's, there's not much openness coming out. Now I, I get that you don't, you don't want to give the opposition a heads up. I get that. And him traveling with the team meant that, I mean, I think, I think he should, him being on the sidelines is better than watching Mm. TV, which is what he did for the Houston game um, because he's there. And I quite, I'm quite impressed with all of the body language of all of that. He's there sat with Malik Willis between drives, looking at the, the tablets. They're not iPads. They're very clear about that. They're Microsoft surface, which, which aren't as good. Um, So they're they're going through all that with, with (laughs) uh, Todd Downing. Um, But, you know, a, a couple of good minds there, at least. Um, that's that's better than him not not being yeah, not not being there. Um, but yeah, I, I'm I'm happy. I'm, I think it was good to see him on the sideline. I think his reaction to the misfield goal was 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 quite entertaining to see, and and generally have him there is it's got to be a good thing. Um, I'd much rather if if you know Willis has a bad drive or throws a bad pick. Not that he necessarily had a threw a bad pick on on. On Sunday, I know, but if he did, I'd much rather him walk up to Ryan Tannehill for him to maybe walk him through it rather than Logan Woodside. Um, unless, yeah, but at the same <laughs> a time, if shots. he did see a couple of shots of this, the uh, there's one with Willis sat next to Tannehill, they've got these like um musician stalls that they were sitting on for some reason. And this is this right. is one shot of Logan Woodside in the background, and he's just sort of standing there staring into space, he just spits on the ground. <laughs> He's just he's waiting he's waiting for him to to fumble a snap a hand off or something just complete screw a hand off and then he'd be straight in there being like yeah, this is yeah. where you've got it wrong but um no I, I, look, I think it wasn't I don't I didn't expect Taniel to play just by the way he practiced I didn't expect him to play I think we knew we were probably going to be rolling with Willis um and and so it was to be and 
uh, and how the rest unfolded is is you know we'll, we'll we'll get to. But I think realistically, I am concerned about Ryan Tannehill in the, certainly the short term because I think one thing we need to do is is react on Sunday, and we'll talk about Sunday coming up, I'm sure, in a, in a bit. But and I think reacting with with Ryan Tannehill under centre is is going to be a much easier task, regardless of how them how bad Denver have been this year. Is I mean the the game started. And I, I was quite pleased that we didn't have the ball first. Um, it sounds sounds a small thing, but actually Kansas City had a long drive, which led to a field goal. A good good job by our, our D to keep them out of the end zone. And I felt that that wasn't the worst thing, as, as tiring as our defence must have been for the for the number of plays that Kansas City ran during the game. But it, it wasn't the worst thing to take all that time off the clock, I thought. And then we had that huge play from Chig, on our opening possession, took us into field goal range. We then, um, I nearly said fumbled our way, not literally fumbled our way, fumbled our way back back out of field goal range, punted back to them. They then had a, another long drive, scored a touchdown, missed that extra point. So then it's it's nine nine to zero around the, I think that then we're getting to the point, the end of the first quarter, roughly. I've forgotten the timings. But from that point, our second drive, it wasn't just a, a one-play wonder, I felt that we looked good and Willis looked looked okay. Obviously, the King got some success. I don't know if it's the... These were still the scripted plays at this point, presumably. And they've obviously worked on some stuff. They've worked on some simple simple reads for Willis. Um, he took off. He used his legs a couple of times. And that next two or three drives, again, probably all the scripted stuff, looked okay. And then there's just nothing after that. So I think we got we kind of got the lead, and at half time it's what 14-9. And our defense at this point are playing lights out. Mm. Um, whether whether Mahomes, I mean, I've I've seen suggestions oh Mahomes started slowly. I don't buy any of that. I think they were Kansas City were up for this. You know, look at Kelsey, and they were they were up for the fight. They were hurting from the manner mm. of that game a year ago. I don't I don't. I don't think for a second that they underperformed, which which makes actually on a well, from a high level when you look at losing twenty seventeen in overtime, it makes it look more impressive with our with our backup QB. Um, given the fact that I think Kansas City were on, on it, um, our, our defense was just phenomenal in that sec first quarter second well most of the game really. They were, yeah. The, the defense was was absolutely incredible, but the the problem was was we weren't sustaining drives in on offense in any way, shape, or form after the first. I mean, if you look at the two drives that that we had for the for the two touchdowns, I think the first one four minute drive, not too bad. Second one about it's two minutes. Two the and King half minutes, Henry had that big minutes. that big fifty yeah. odd yarder in the second one, I think. So, but then after that, everything just disappeared from offense on offense and and even the field goal that we got came off of the back of an interception so the defense was was on the field for I mean I'm not sure what the time possession was should have done some research and looked into what the exact time possession was but it felt like they were on the field all night long and in the end I think it just wore down on them and I thought I, I think I talked about this in our, in our group chat on uh, on Sunday night Monday morning as it was um that third and 17 play, as much as, as lights out the defense was, and I can't criticize them, but that third and 17, you just, you've got to get them off the field. You can't not give that up. Wow. And I don't want to be critical. I, I really don't want to be critical on this because, but he, he, he did, like, Mahomes just jogged to get that. Now, I don't know if it was just an unfortunate play and it, it, these things happen, but I'm definitely not going to criticize the defense because they, they were watched, the only reason. I'm it was it obviously the parallels with the AFC Championship game and that run. Um, watched the, I mean, I haven't since because I can't face it, but I watched a few replays when it happened, and I'm thinking to myself, remember the one in the AFC Championship game yeah. where we, you know, Rashawn Evans should have made a tackle. Uh, yeah. Everybody watching that knows that. Um, and I was looking at it in a similar way, thinking like, who's who's missed, who's whiffed on this, and there's only really David Long. David Long that yeah. maybe has an opportunity, but I just think he's he's a bit wrong-footed. I can't I can't even blame him. It was just one of those 
annoying like as soon as he took off i just in the back of my head i thought i know what's coming here i do i do I do feel like with our defence, and I'm no defensive expert by any stretch of the imagination, but I do feel like with, with a mobile quarterback like Mahomes, there is always that opportunity of moving sideways, and then there's always seems to be space, generally, especially with someone like Mahomes, where I guess if the, the receivers are pushing up the field, it pushes the secondary back. There always seems to be space then that a mobile quarterback can run into like Mahomes, and I think there was a few few occasions where, where he did that, and that was exactly what happened in that play is the wide receivers kind of went relatively long. So it pushed the secondary right back. It also, I think, pushed some of the linebackers back. We get a lot of pressure up front. We've got, I genuinely think, probably the best defensive front in the league right now. I don't think anyone can doubt. It's certainly up there. Um, but when it comes to, you know, that defensive front having to run sideways to, to a mobile quarterback, that's not where their strengths are. Because, you know, Tia Tart saw him a couple of times running across the field and you just, it was painful to watch. It was like me getting up in the morning. But at the same time, it's... And it's even, even Jeff things. Simmons is struggling in those Even Jeff Simmons, yeah. yeah. Which, I mean, Simmons is... I mean, he's definitely got injury problems of his own. And he hasn't... Again, well, he, he wasn't on the field way. for every snap. I haven't seen the snap counts, but... I definitely no, noticed he, yeah, he wasn't, he we, wasn't again, always there. Back-to-back weeks where he hasn't practiced a single day, but back-to-back weeks where he's gone in and then still played and was also an absolute terror. Mm. Um, but By I, the way, speaking of, I've just looked up, Kansas City had 41-28 time of possession. Now that's that's more than 60 minutes, but yeah, Tennessee 26-23. It's so not, yeah. not as big a whooping as I would have thought on that, actually, but... Um, it's it's no. a lot, and Mahomes had when, sixty passing attempts. <laughs> you know, that, that's a lot of running around for you, those guys. When you're a run-heavy offense, you're always going to have to take time off the clock, right? So when you're running the ball as much as we do, uh, or in the in the latter stages where you're taking sacks like we do, uh, naturally <laughs> it's taking it is taking time off the clock. Let's be honest. But again, and this is not the first time this season. Let's be honest, the offense got nothing in that second half and now you can put some of that down to you know the KC have got a solid defense right there's no doubt about that but they're not you know people can teams have we've played we've played better defenses than KC 100% so so whether it's uh and and this is what we need to get to the offense is we've got Derek Henry the the best running back in the league so all the attention is obviously going to go on on Derek Henry now Derek Henry will sometimes just bust out runs through whatever focus he's getting but you need more outside of that and this is where you then come down to the the receiver core and and I think I tweeted on what was 4:56 in the morning on Monday morning basically <laughs> just having having a bit of a rant around with this receiver core what can we expect and also Todd Downing doesn't help with what at times are just incredibly questionable play calling defense can't bail you out of every single game and when you're getting one first down in eight possessions after halftime, which is something I think John Glenn tweeted and I, I picked up on. You're not going to win games of football. Doesn't matter how good your defense is. Doesn't matter how lights out they play. Now the fact we even got to overtime and the fact that you know we had that opportunity in overtime to to, to win that game, albeit well, maybe we didn't in some cases because they you know, were able to move the ball. The defence were on their ass because they'd been on the field so much, put so much into stopping what is one of the best offences in the league. You, you, they can't carry you the whole the whole way. And actually, now I've seen recently, and and I don't know, I haven't seen Vrabel talk about it personally, but I've seen you know comments and quotes from from Mike Vrabel. Is even he's even he's saying, you know, who are we throwing the ball to? Who have we got to throw it to? And I think. John Robinson, that's been the fundamental fail of this roster that he has built, is outside of Robert Woods, with all due respect to Nick, uh, Nick Westbrook-Akina, he's not a, a wide receiver number two. And then who have you got after that? C- Cody Hollister, most of the time, isn't even looking at the ball. He's just looking at who he's going to block in front oh, of that, him. Oh, that's, that's one of the worst things I've ever seen. <laughs> so um, it's, yeah. the the My frustration in this regard on, on Sunday, Eddie, Anyway, now we 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 know like the roster's one thing. Uh, the the discussion about J Rob's performance in the last couple of years we have had, and we will have again. Maybe that's for another day. But given given the roster we've got, um, it makes it tough. Now the that's just that's both O line and receiving mm-hmm. core. Mm-hmm. Now, yes, Traylon Burks is injured, 
and obviously Ryan Tannehill is injured, neither of those things things are going to help. What frustrates me, and this this is almost entirely pointing the finger at Todd Downing. Now, Collinsworth said it a couple of times, at least, um, that why ha- why why weren't we using the um, the that option player more than we did, um, where I think maybe we ran it twice. Where, where Willis took off himself with where, where Henry's getting all the attention. Um, you know, we, we've seen Willis has got wheels. If he's decisive, um, he's, got, he's got wheels. Now, he's not always been decisive in the couple of games we've, we've seen. Um, but I just didn't think, like, we're not, we get to, like, as I said earlier, the scripted stuff's all fine. It, it looks okay. It looks like we're, we're making the most of our limited offense. And that's the stuff that, they prepared for in a week and they maybe knew a week that Malik Willis is going to play. Right. We'll, we'll do, we'll do some work on a practice field. This is the stuff we're comfortable with. And then that runs out and it's just like, we've got nothing like, like Todd Downing or may, maybe some of this is on Brable, but I've got I, instinctively, I think it's probably all on Todd Downing, but we're not reacting to what's working and what isn't mid game. We're not looking at the situation and thinking, right, what's our best chance to succeed? On offense now, on the the game as a whole, I think as as we know, we've I don't know how Mike Brable's keeping us in games like this. No, um, it, it's just it's incredible how we how we won five on the bounce and nearly six against probably the second best team in the NFL away in their in their house on Sunday night where the place is absolutely going bananas. I do not know; it's incredible, but. All that, all that said, offensively, it's not, and it's, I get, it's not as if, it's. Let let me be clear. It's it's not as if we've got a hugely talented offense that, yeah, we're crapping the bed for want of a better word. It's not that, and I don't I don't think it's like we're a million miles away from its its ceiling even. But there's there's no, just not making the right decisions during games. I mean, by the time. It all just felt inevitable, didn't it? As soon as, yeah. as soon as Kansas City converted that third and seventeen, as soon as we thought, okay, they're probably going to score, um, they're going to get the two point conversion because that's how this, that's how the momentum's going. We can't, yeah, as as you said, the defense was absolutely gassed by this point, struggling to stop them. Um, maybe you know we might have got one big play, we might have got a, a fortuitous turnover or something to to seal the game, but that that didn't happen. So that you're then looking at, you know, watching it that we've got nothing else to give offensively from the decisions that are being made. And so it's just, you're just waiting for the end of the game by that point, because the, the toss, the toss in overtime, it wasn't as if it was the bills chiefs and the playoffs where the, the coin landed their way and they're going to go and win. It wasn't like that. It's like, we're, no. we're losing this either way. And in fact, they didn't score a touchdown. They, they got a field goal, which meant we had four agonizing plays to, to sit through before we could finally go to bed. But it just, there must have been, like, if you were, I'm not saying I could take the job of being offensive coordinator for the Tennessee Titans. Um, I've got other things to do. Uh, but if you or I are coaching and making those play calls in those situations, both before and after the end of regulation, so you know, late in that fourth quarter, in overtime, we're probably coming up with stuff that at least gives us some sort of a chance. Um like, like whether whether it's using Henry on third down, whether it's just like you you think like just every every play call, it just felt this isn't going to work. Now I know it may not have worked anyway, but I just felt that there wasn't we weren't reacting. You're just being out coached or out coordinated at that point. The I think overtime was was the one and only time I've ever seen the Titans in that situation where you're actually, it's kind of a mini win, the fact they got a field goal considering how, as you said how gassed that defence was but at no point did I ever think we would even get over midfield and and in the end we ended up, what was it, 4th and 26 um, was it 2 we... sacks or whatever it was, but like you just you just knew, you just knew that that was a, a field goal too far almost and as far as I'm concerned, to your point on, on Todd Downing, I said this, I've said this weeks ago, and I think I've probably repeated it several times. 
the ceiling for the offense and the ceiling for this team is Todd Downing. But I think now added to that, we've realized over the over the weeks that that receiver core is worse than we thought it was. Robert Woods is a perfectly capable receiver, but if he's not getting open and he's getting double coverage, then who, who are you throwing to next? And let's not forget Malik threw some, actually a couple of incredibly good throws. The one to, was it Connolly? I think it, it was one of those ones that for, for a decent receiver, he's taken that in all day long. There were two or three like that. Austin Hooper as well, I think. The, well, he but, caught, I think he caught that one. That was, I mean, again, you, you, he could not have placed that ball any better. So, as much as we can all sit here and talk about, you know, Malik Willis, and I actually don't think I think he when was yeah. near the problem on no, on no, Sunday. no. When when he did throw the ball, I thought he was fine, and I think the the problem is exactly what as as you say, receivers not getting open, and he's where where he doesn't look good is when he's like, I, I, it's it's a funny one because you think with all the talent that he's clearly got with the, the speed that he's got, the elusiveness that we did see a little bit, he's evading, well, he's evading one sack and then, then someone else is getting, is getting him. Uh, but he's not, I don't feel he's very decisive in those moments of what to actually do, whether to just take off or whether like, yeah, he's, he's, he he's trying when... to look for, look for somebody to get open and not getting open. Uh, he's, he's I, I just don't think he doesn't know when to take off yet. If you look at someone like, I don't yeah, know, yeah. compare him to Lamar, but if you look at someone like Lamar, Lamar is, 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 is his reads are, are done in a flash and he knows whether someone's going to be open or not within a, within a second. And if he's not, he knows he's gone. And that's, and I'm not, I'm not comparing Malik Willis to Lamar Jackson, because let's be honest with you, they're two completely different players, even though they've got probably similar tendencies in terms of they've both got wills. But realistically, he's, He's made, he's taken way too long to make those reads and to then to know whether to go or not. And, and let's be honest with you, you mentioned the O-line. The pass protection is, is the worst part of this O-line right now. So if, yeah, if yeah, you're not yeah. getting if you're not getting enough time and he needs more time because he's a rookie and because he, you know, he's going through that learning curve, he needs more time than anyone right now. He wasn't getting that. So if you get that pressure up front, and that's what you saw essentially in overtime was you know, a run or a Henry run, which got all of a yard. And then after that, back-to-back sacks before them evading a sack and being incomplete at the end. And the offense... This, this, like, this, where this is going back to, you know, that, that situation, maybe a, maybe a Willis design run or something. It, yeah, there was, we weren't going to other things in our locker that would, that should have been there. We were going to, oh, hem, hem, they, they've basically, they've, they stacked the box more than a box can ever be stacked um, because that was that was the best oh, way to and, 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 it, and, it, and it was it started to work so Henry was being bottled up and then it's just instead of either persisting with it or trying to work a way around it we just had nothing and it was right. just right oh I'll hand the ball off to Derek hoping it hoping it will work it didn't all right let's the then a couple of awful play calls matched by awful pass protection um, awful well, I'll, I'll receiving say, downfield, and then and then pretty average <laughs> decision making from the quarterback. It, it didn't look good. You could have stuck any court. I mean, people would have said, uh, I, even on Sunday, I was thinking if if we had Ryan Tannehill in, would we have won that game? I mean, uh, potentially, but I don't. I honestly don't think it actually would have been the case. I think it probably would have gone differently. If, like I may, maybe we wouldn't have had the lead. Maybe we would have played it differently. No, maybe, I don't know. Possibly, possibly. I don't know. I mean, you, you, I mean, you, you, if you if you put in, if you, I'd much rather have Ryan Tannehill in a situation of four minutes left on the clock in overtime, seventy-five yards to go, and all you've got to do is score a touchdown to win it or a field goal to tie it. Give me Tannehill over over Malik any day of the week, but he's still got that same receiver core. He's still got that same the same set of guys who, let's face it, aren't up to the level that they need to be at. And with Robinson, uh, I, I think I used this example in, in Robinson takes his previous failures and he gets hurt by them and he doesn't want to repeat them. Julio was a, what was in the end a failure from a injury perspective. And they spent a, obviously a, quite a lot of money and a lot of draft capital to bring him in thinking he was going to be you know, almost like a Lord and savior and it didn't work out. So what he's done this off season Obviously, forget the AJ Brown situation because you know AJ Brown and Burks is just a swap deal essentially. If you take that out of the equation, 
you've not got that wide receiver too. You've got Robert Woods who, who's come in, but I don't think that that's enough when you've lost AJ Brown, who is. I think I think it's. I don't think Robert Woods is a problem. Robert Woods, he's he's not looking good. He's not being targeted. But so I think you alluded to it. He's being double covered because we've got no one else. Yeah, because you've got no one else. Um, you've literally and and Cody Hollis was a fine example of that. That was the only criticism I can give him, Lee, because at, at one point Cody Hollis was wide open on one of the plays, I think it was down the sideline, not one person went to him because they thought they're not going to throw to Cody Hollister. Um, and it turned out to be exactly <laughs> the case. But he was wide, wide open. Um, when we did throw was... to Cody Hollister, he was busy blocking. So Exactly, you know. yeah. The one target he got, he was, I think it pretty much hit him in, the, in his back. So, but it was, it was, it was incredibly frustrating because, and, and look, I, I, I agree with you in terms of we, we took, KC to overtime with Malik Willis as our quarterback and with the receivers that we've got we took them to overtime I completely agree that that is let's be honest miraculous probably is, is the word to use when well you, when this you... this was how this was how I came away from the game feeling other than being delirious from lack of sleep was that yeah Hank I I expected an absolute whipping I expected a you know like like the Buffalo game Especially once Willis was going to play, I I just feared right as soon as as soon as this, the game started, it was just a huge sense of dread. And then once it got into the second quarter, I sort of thought, actually, hang on, we're gonna we're gonna put up a fight here. I'm not sure I actually ever thought we were going to win the game. Maybe maybe they were tight. Well, we obviously had a good chance to as it got late into the fourth quarter before that before that drive. Um, I think before that drive we had a. We were nearly in field goal range at one point and threw a a screen on third and long that got blown up and that that made it tough. We might have we might have been able to attempt a long field goal, but it it, it you know, not, neither here nor there. Kansas City only scored seventeen points in sixty minutes. Now that's that's incredible for for any defense, and you know we kept I kept pace with them. Maybe did we leave any points out there? No, I don't know. We didn't, we didn't. I mean, the only points the only points we left out there were. I, I'm not. I'm, I'm going to have to talk about the refereeing decisions. I think the Kalu and Kelsey thing. I don't like. I don't think I that don't changes anything, it. though. I think they convert that two point conversion to the next play anyway. What, to be if, honest, if, if what if Kelsey if that's called on Kelsey, I don't, I'm not so sure they do. Well, then it's then it's offsetting. They just go again for the two because they, they, it was it was holding. It was defensive holding on the same play. Um, so uh, okay, fine. Even so, yeah. that that attempt. I just didn't like, feel we were going to stop. We were going to stop. No, them. well, but I also think that's one thing with mobile quarterbacks, and we've, we've seen this in the and, past. And, even with... Sorry, even if even if they hadn't converted, we we were probably going to go three and out, and they'd have had they'd have had time to come come down and nick a field goal anyway. But they didn't. They didn't need to take any risks. Um, Potentially, but I, I think I'd much rather be in a position where we're two points ahead and you're you're just trying to drain clock rather than being seventeen seventeen sure, sure, trying, yeah. trying 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 to trying to get a field goal to win a game because you've got to try and it's a it's a different mindset. Do I trust Todd Downing to to draw up some kind of drive? Not really. Do I trust that that Malik Willis uh, is going to be able to find a receiver? Not really because they're not there. But and, and you're probably right in terms of it probably wouldn't have changed anything. But I mean, but, but you're right, but absolutely right to question the officiating. I mean, that's a joke. I mean, I mean if, the officiating if... all night was a kind of a joke. I mean, even Kelsey, as hilarious it was, taking off his helmet and throwing it into into the bench, like that's a penalty. DJ Moore got exactly the same thing after his touchdown the other week. Like, how 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 is it? How I mean, he's he's removed constantly... his own helmet and a helmet of the play of the opposition, and neither drew a yeah, flag. Exactly, uh, it says so... it all, right? So. Yeah, look, I think when you when it boils down to it, I think the third and seventeen was was that was the point where I knew, okay, yeah, they've got this. Um, I was genuinely thinking on third and seventeen, we get a stop here, we've won this game, even though there was still time on the clock, yeah. and that probably might not have been the case because they were eight points back at that point. I genuinely thought we'll win this game if we stop them here. We didn't. I think I think you're and right. I think you're right. It was, because and I think it, after that, it felt in, like you said, it felt inevitable. You knew what was going to happen as soon as it went level. I was, I had absolutely no, with how we saw, what we saw in the second half from an offensive perspective, I had absolutely no doubt where that was going to go. 
the only thing I was surprised is that they didn't nick it before uh, before the end. They didn't. Uh, they, I think we forced them to punt one more time before before overtime um, because that that defense was. I mean, our defense was absolutely incredible all night long. But I don't know if, if, what they'll have left even for this coming Sunday because they must have just it drained me watching it. Let alone them on the field. Well, I, I hope they get an easy ride on Sunday because we've got a Thursday game going straight, straight up. And <laughs> yeah. The, Oh, yeah, what one more one more thing on officiating. I mean, it I actually thought I I can't remember if it was Twitter, WhatsApp, or it was a conversation. It was a conversation with with Pat, friend of the show, um, friend of all of us. Um, and he he kind of I was I was actually praising the officiating in the first half. I mean they weren't pandering to every every single play Mahomes is you know making a flag gesture or just appealing to it and they weren't pandering it it was around the time of the Autry sack where he cut we kind of Mahomes actually dived on the floor but Autry hung on to him too long way after the whistle had gone and we kind of got away with one I thought actually yeah yeah you can see it from either side but the the officials weren't buying it from Mahomes I think yeah okay they've got they've got this and then the some of the stuff in the second half just seemed so egregious that I just flip-flops on my my opinion completely and i I don't know if it's i've talked about this before the gesturing flags gesturing pointing all of that it it absolutely riles me up and there's there's always tom brady used to do it all the time and maybe still does i don't watch enough uh, tom brady nowadays but these these guys do to me it's that it's worse than taunting in my opinion I'd much rather see someone taunting an opposition than seeing Mahomes throwing imaginary flags or pointing that you know it just winds me up but yeah the refereeing kind of got worse as the game went on but some of the calls you saw would just felt inevitable and I think that you know that Kelsey one for example you're right I mean even if there was you know it went against Kelsey would have been offsetting we would have been where we were but at the same time you watch that back. I've watched it 15 times, and I can't. I generally can't see what they're what they're seeing there. I generally can't. I, all I see is is. I mean, Kalu. I don't think is in the best position. Also, why is Joshua Kalu covering Kelsey in the first place? Is another question we probably need to ask. But I'm, I'll let that one slide. Um, it was just goal, goal line see. situations. Sometimes it's a, a bit a bit different. Yeah, true. But I just, it just feels doesn't feel like the right personnel to put next to. I mean, I like Joshua Kalu, but he's up against Kelsey when you know he's always it's, it's tough threat. it's so tough defending against KC though and I think we did it so yeah. well for so much of the game like, like no, you, you take you take Kelsey away and you'll just find someone else I'm not, I'm, take, not, I'm not criticizing the yeah. defense at all this week let's be honest as much as that third and 17 felt massive and uh, you can't give that up you also can't have the defense on the field for as long as they were against an offense like KC you just can't so We've got to be able to sustain drives offensively to keep Mahomes off the field or anyone off the field. And this this goes even this this coming week. You know, Denver are, are not a great side. They haven't been a great side this year, but you still will keep Wilson off the field. Um, and that goes for anyone else in this league. Okay, let's talk about the Broncos in a minute properly. Um, Discord, the couple of questions I was going to look at. In fact, loads, loads of Discord chat on Sunday, more than when we're playing in the day. Um, so yeah every, everyone's staying up obviously it's Kansas City it's a it's a massive game um I so, sometimes I kind of zone it out I was looking at it periodically um uh, Jamie Cutteridge was uh I, I uh, an argument would be a massive exaggeration a little dis, a little disagreement he argued at the time now I just wanted to get your take on this uh at some point I think around the third quarter and it's 17 no sorry it's 49 so when we kicked the field goal to go 79 ahead it was sort of a fourth and two fourth and three i think a three at least it what anyway it wasn't one or inches um he he argued that we need to go for it there um cash in try and get a touchdown how many how many more opportunities were we going to have to score um Kansas City are going to score at some point no he's right there obviously um I, I don't know. I, I, I disagreed. I think that we need to take the points there because I did. I, I well, a I didn't back us to convert the fourth down, and even if we had, I wouldn't necessarily back to to score a touchdown afterwards. From where it wasn't as if we were 
even in the red zone. I think it was it was a longish field goal. Uh, where where were you on that? Maybe it's not not one of the most obvious moments of the game, but maybe one that we left something out there. I don't know. At that point, you, you were starting to see a drop off in the offense a little bit. Uh, apart from, I think Henry. Uh, well, that was before Henry had that big run, wasn't it? So, yeah, I, I don't think, <clears throat> yeah, because that was off the back of the interception, wasn't it? So, I think we only went probably seven, eight yards anyway. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm probably uh, basing that you don't take an eight-point lead. You, you, I feel like you would, you have to take points. I, I get. I think if Tannehill's on the centre, maybe, maybe you go for it. Um, but let's face it, even on fourth and two, Henry would be on the sideline because it's Todd Downing. So I would probably, <laughs> I, I'd probably think take the points. Uh, why, why put the what would have been what at the time probably felt like the game in uh, in in the hands of Todd Downing being able to put a play call together to get two yards. Um, that's where you'll see your Logan Woodside on a jet sweep or something stupid. So who knows? But no, I think I think I, it's, it was probably the right idea to take the points. You, Forcing KC to have to go for two was actually, you know, as, as, as even though at the time when it actually happened, we knew it was inevitable it was going to happen. You know, forcing a team to go have to go for two is always is always a good place to be in because you don't see them converted all the time. Let's face it, especially when you don't have a a great running game and KC don't have that, unfortunately for them. But um, yeah, I, I was happy to take the full goal. Although 44 yards is no gimme for Randy, and I think he had a bit of a bad pre-game. So, from oh, he, he kicked that one sweetly. But he kicks that one as, yeah. as good as he probably has all year. So, no, I, I think I'm taking the points. Yeah, okay. Um, just cool questions then. This is maybe, as I mean, I've only got, only got a couple here. Matt Andrews. After see, we've put this is where we've answered them already probably. Um, after seeing last night's defensive display, has anyone's opinion changed on whether we should have gone out and got a wide receiver in trades, or do you think we should try and get involved with OBJ, which we sort of discussed last week? Um, I mean, given what we've just been talking about, we we've got need, and the trade deadline's passed. Yeah, I why not? Well. Throw the dice and try and he might not want to come. Um, but what what other options are there at this point? Um, I, don't, I don't see OBJ sitting there saying I want to play for the Tennessee Titans. Let's, let's be honest. When you when you when you no, but... run, run heavy offense, and we're not going to be able to pay him because we don't have the cap space to do that. I read somewhere earlier this week, or might have been last week, that with the players that we've got on IR. There's like I'm pretty sure somewhere like we've got six six and a half million or something in cap space just wrapped up in players who are either on IR or players we've had to bring in to replace players who have been injured, um, which you know is unfortunate and that's not necessarily Robinson's fault let's be honest but it's left us in a position where we don't really have the cap space to make that move so I, I don't see it happening I think he's going to want to go and play whether it's back in LA I mean that depends on how the Rams kind of progress over the next few weeks whether they can get themselves back into contention talk about Dallas as well and talk about New York Giants again as well so I don't see him coming here but would I would I would I make that phone call if I'm Robinson if you if you, you want think, any unless of, unless you, he's really still knee-jerking about the Julio thing but like genuinely if if you feel like this team has a chance of even just potentially going anywhere this year which let's be honest with you with this defense we can we can give anyone a run for their money. But I got the need... impression in NFL media world, uh, just from the the reaction that we surprised a few people on, in prime time. Um, defensively, obviously, yeah, yeah. Um, well, no, um, no one watches us normally, so exactly, exactly. Surprising. And then suddenly, suddenly, everyone is. And actually, actually, this look at how they stopped Mahomes for most of the game. Maybe maybe this isn't such a isn't such a bad team. Um, and also, I mean, we haven't talked about the secondary, but I also thought the secondary were outstanding on on Sunday night. I mean, there's a couple of as you would expect plays here and there, but realistically, Mike McCreary's didn't give up a didn't really give up a big play except Mahomes Fal- with his Fulton legs. Yeah, was pretty much a, a lock all night. Uh, I don't think we shouted out too much around the secondary, but they they were incredible. McCreary first career interception. Shout, yeah. shout out to what him. Place, um, what a place to get it. <laughs> absolutely. Um, celebrating on the floor before he's down by contact. I'm a big fan <laughs> of that. Um, 
Uh, Matt Matt goes on to say, not sure our cap situation would allow it, but sure feels like we're not a million miles away from big contenders off the back of last night and with Tannehill back. Sorry, it's long. Yep, sorry. Should have read that in my head before reading it out. We've cut, that's kind of what, what we were saying. Um, yeah, I'd, I mean, I'd, I'd love us to to get OBJ. I mean, but it's not... Yeah, as, as you say, it might seem unlikely. We have tried a few different names, though. You know, Josh Gordon didn't work. Um, Connolly... More recently, I'm not. I'm not convinced. I was, I was. I thought that was a good move. It might still prove to be, uh, but it's difficult when we're in this situation. But you, then, like Josh Gordon, we talked about this before. Like you're not signing Josh Gordon from 2013. Like, no, no, no. They, but they're they're trying. They're trying things. Is my they're, point. They're trying. They're trying things, but they're trying. They're doing Bring. it in what I define as a classic Titans way of who can we <laughs> pick up for a practice squad. Uh, who can block and maybe catch a ball every so often. That's the way they always tend to look at it. Whereas what you need to look at is, and this is where someone like OBJ, I wouldn't say no to, is because you know he can go and make a play. Sure, he's not going to be the the greatest blocker. He probably isn't going to be running downfield alongside Cody Hollister. But at the same time, he can go and make a play. And so, yeah, I think you you have to make that phone call if you're Robinson, unless it's just impossible. Okay. Uh, Tom Brewster, what percentage chance do you think there is that Rabel walks due to J-Rob's inability to get him weapons for this offence? He always looks so annoyed, but even more so the other night. I mean, that's that's Rabel's stock face. Um, not not actually, yet. We're not there yet by any means. No, I, I don't think we're there, but I must admit I have thought about this more now than I have in probably ever before. I do think that, I mean, you look at the reactions when... Was, was traded on draft night. Rabel wasn't on board with that move. Now, I appreciate they were put in a position and they had to do something, but he wasn't on board with that decision. He came out comments even prior to uh, getting draft, uh, drafted. He, you know, not drafted, sorry, traded. He also came out and said, you know, you know he's going to be a, a Titan for as long as I'm, I'm head coach or something along those lines. So I think he got stung there. And I do think, I do think that we haven't been able to get the weapons on offense. I mean, Burks has been unfortunate with injury, but it is what it is. Do I think he's got, I don't think he's, he's walking away from this because he, he absolutely loves tra- coaching the team that he's got. And you see that in the, when we, when we do have victories and those victory videos and what, what you saw with Ben Jones the other week and so on and so forth. But I'm, I'm sure there's been conversations between Robinson and Vrabel around, you know, we've got to get some weapons on this team. I actually think it's, just there's no one there's not a market yet until you know oh, until wow. maybe obj is, is is healthy and available i just don't i think kind of i kind of feel that fates conspired against us a little bit and I, I don't i don't want to get into this again but i'm i remain convinced that we had no option but to to trade um and he just he's just i mean it, it's look at look at that tweet the other night he's just it the sort the sort of guy that I, I yeah. I, I just I, I, I know not everybody agrees with me on this, but I just feel that he he wasn't interested in he wasn't staying. He he there, was, was just done for whatever reason. I don't know. There's definitely more, there was definitely more to that story than than certainly both parties have let on. I mean, came out when it all happened and made it out like it wasn't his fault, which I think is absolute nonsense. There's probably been thought on both sides. I don't think the Titans are are particularly rich enough to be able to go out and offer ridiculous guaranteed contracts like teams like the Rams have done in the past. They're just not, we're just not in a position to do that. And that's what worries me about Simmons at the same time, because he's going to want you know, astronomical money and quite rightly so. I don't think the Titans are going to be able to afford that. And it worries me. And I think with, with the situation or not just, but it's been the, what we've seen subsequently from there is we picked up Robert Woods off the back of an ACL high risk, potentially high return hasn't quite worked out yet. Burks, I mean, look, we can't write the guy off. He's he's barely played and he's been unfortunate of injuries. He might come back and, and start really performing. Oh, he got injured clearly... in the Bermuda Triangle that is Indianapolis's um field. So yeah, of course, yeah. But it's one of those things, you know, he he'll be back and we'll see what, what he's got to give. But I actually just I think now I want to say I want I think with Burks in particular in, in the sort of first few weeks of the season until he got injured. I don't think we saw enough from or, or he wasn't targeted enough. Now, whether that's because he's not getting separation or just because it, they're not scheming it up for him like they maybe did with A last year, 
I, I want to see more. I just want to see like yeah, go and target him 10, 12 times a game. Even if we throw a couple more interceptions, we yeah, it's it's all a bit it's all a bit safe. Um, final question from Floydman, Floydman, Floydman. None of these Discord names. Um, <laughs> uh, um, why are we so absolute dog shit in the second half of every game? Uh, we've we've probably covered this again, but yeah, it, a multitude of things. Most mostly Todd Downing. <laughs> Um, it's the adjustments, isn't it? I think you touched yeah. on it earlier. Is you know, when when we're scripted, uh, which is often always going to be first half. You're going to be scripted, but it's then adjusting to to the game position. I don't think we do that well enough. But I was I was hoping to see more of a change throughout the season on this. I was hoping to see that yeah. eventually we figure out how to play a second half, but it doesn't seem to have happened yet. I don't know what the point differential. I have no idea what the point differential is. I'm not sure what the updated point differential is, but it was ridiculous earlier on in the season. I mean, even the Houston game, I don't remember scoring many second half points in that game. Um, maybe because by that point, it's probably already over. But I, I just, second half offense is scary, scary bad. And you've got to put that down to look, the receiver core, of course, is an issue, but the main issue is Todd Downing. Yeah, 100%. Okay. Um, Denver next week. Now, did they they they're off a buy as well? Two teams off a buy in a row, which seems a bit harsh. But here we are. Um, they shouldn't present anything like the test that Kansas City did. We're back in Nashville. Um, Russell Wilson's been struggling. <sighs> it it should be Burks might be back. Tannehill might be back. Now there would be doubts about both of those. We've already talked about that. Uh, but I think regardless. Even if it's Willis again, I'd like to. I'd like to see improvement. Um, the Broncos' defense is good. I, can't, I don't see this being a high-scoring game at all. Um, but I would like to think that our defense can cause Denver all kinds of problems when they're, they're struggling anyway. Um, might be an ugly one, but I, yeah, I could think we ought to go six and three. What do you think, Greg? Yeah, it won't be pretty, but hopefully it'll be beautiful. Um... <laughs> We'll, <laughs> nice we'll, we'll, we'll probably scrape it. I don't think it's going to be, uh, you know, anything more than a three or seven point game. Um, it does depend on whether Tannehill's back. I'm hoping the Burks will be back as well. But if they're not, and we kind of roll with what we had in in KC, then I think yeah, we we could definitely see a, a very very low scoring game. But you know if what, we I play three, if we play seventy percent as well as we did on Sunday, we ought to beat Denver. On paper, on paper, their offense, though, I know they've been absolutely woeful this year. On paper, they've got some good weapons, they've got some good players, and if Russell Wilson becomes a Russell Wilson that we've seen in Seattle, it's going to be a, a real challenge. But this defense, if it, if it's at even half the level it was in in KC, I think we'll yeah we'll be able to stop them relatively easily. I would say, um, I, yeah. I would love to see a few more interceptions and maybe one going for a pick six. I think that's the best chance we've got of putting points on the board at the moment. Um, randomly, because it's popped into my head, it's the first time we've played Denver at home since 2016. And I don't know if you remember that game. I'm expecting a similar type of game. That was yeah. a defensive slugfest. But we also had... I don't know if you remember Harry Douglas um, going for a cheap shot on, I'm going to say yeah, it, was, yeah. it was Chris Harris, I think, but Akita Lieb got involved and we had that massive brawl. I remember um, it, yeah. And Taylor Luan, if was possible, was he ejected the previous week or he'd been, he'd been involved in something and got fined? And during this massive brawl, every... You know, the other 21 players on the field and half the sidelines all got involved. Um, and Taylor Luan went and just sat down in the middle of the field. Memories. Was that the, I'm trying to try and remember what year it was. I remember he's been, has he been ejected twice. There was definitely once where it was due to <laughs> probably contact, contact with an official. I remember that one. That might have been the game I'm thinking of. Just before it was against the Packers. Also, yeah, that, that was the, it. The, that same yeah. year. Yeah. yeah, that was it. I think he. I think it was contact with an official, which 
just feels a very Luan ejection, doesn't it? We're <laughs> just patting him on the back. But yeah, tight, low-scoring game that was. I think it would be similar. Um, yeah, and bring, bring back some memories of that. Uh, Talib's not still around. Um. <laughs> Unfortunately. Um, I think, I think yeah, I think low-scoring game, I don't think we'll... <clears throat> it's, it's not going to be uh, one that gets talked about outside of this podcast, probably. Um, but <laughs> as, long, as long as we get the, the win, that's all that really matters. Cool. Okay, right. Um, any, any more Titans-related stuff? No, I don't think so. We've not signed any more special teams aces, which is good. Um, but no, I think I don't think there's anything else that's. I'm interested to see what happens this week with who who practices and because we could have yeah we could have some good players back this week or some players back at least, um, which I think will be huge, especially on offense. If we can get Burks back, but I think that'll be that'll be only good for us. Do you have anything of note non-science related to? to bring up today um i actually, I actually have do you want to oh, okay. I'll, I'll, let me kick off on it great unless you want to go first no that's 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 fine do um I, i'm gonna i'm gonna forgo something of my own for something that might be much more entertaining to our listeners but go first go on I, i'll mine won't be entertaining but i'll quickly say it <laughs> if you're um if you're a really bad courier delivery company um like really really bad one don't just change your name and change nothing else about your business and expect that changing your name, well, that's that's going to change everyone's view on us because you're still... I, I, I used a really good new career company the other day called Every. I don't know if you've yeah, heard of them. No, exactly. This is exactly <laughs> who I'm referring to. Exactly who I'm referring to. I thought it might be. Yeah, and it's like, don't don't just change your name. Like, fix everything else and then maybe rebrand and, and change your name <laughs> and be like, yeah, we're new and we're better. But don't don't keep everything else as it is, and then change your change your name from herpes to, to herpes. Every. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that's what I refer to them as. Every doesn't have the quite same. I haven't worked out what to call them that. But the yeah, I just they are just absolute garbage, and they will continue to be garbage regardless of what they're called. They've rebadged it, you fool. Yeah. <laughs> um, partridge reference for any American listeners that may have missed that. Um, yeah, I, I I didn't have much to to talk about. Um, so I'm going to use this airtime just just to chat briefly about the Indianapolis Colts, if that's all right. Um, they... No time like the present. I mean, we've we've played them twice this year already. Um, seems unlikely that we're going to be playing them for a third time in the playoffs. They've they've just I just want to just talk about it. They've just fired Frank Reich, um, and. What do you do when you fire your head coach mid-season? You probably go out and find somebody you know, reputable with experience out there who's not doing anything at the moment, or maybe you promote from within. Um, or you just go, oh, who's who's the biggest legend that's ever played for us? It would be like, it would literally be like us firing Mike Brabel and hiring <laughs> Taylor Lewan as our head coach overnight. <laughs> They've hired Jeff Saturday. Like, I, I, great player, don't get me wrong. And I'm sure he will bang some heads together and, and deal with some stuff. But come on, and the best the best part I've just seen that on on top of this, they have said that basically they've announced an offensive play caller, and it is a 30 year old junior coach basically that's going to be going to be calling blade for plays for them. Parks Frazier, and um, do you know who Parks Frazier is? Nobody does. Think- I'll be honest with you, he's probably already better than Todd Downing, so... Well, there is that. Yeah, can we swap, Indy? We'll take Parks Frazier <laughs> off, your, off your hands. Uh, but, yeah, he's going to be calling plays when 30 years old, pass game specialist slash assistant quarterbacks coach. Um, he's going to be uh, their, their offensive play caller. Good luck, Indy. For, for, the, for the hell that we, we got taken through on that journey, over over the years of just being dominated by that franchise... I, this this is their demise or current demise is every Titans fan needs to enjoy it and make the most of it because I'm pretty sure once Jim Mercer sells up and they actually get an owner who isn't just a parody of himself, um, I'm sure he's gone full Jerry Jones in recent years. Yeah, like what, what, I don't know where it's come from either. It doesn't feel like maybe he always has been. I've just never seen it. But he's he has just he has 100 like he's, he's even his own Twitter account 
I, I would I would think it's a parody, but it's not. Um, <laughs> it's it's genuinely it's yeah it's it's fascinating and yeah you know, it's the way he made... the, I love the way he announces stuff that the normally. <laughs> Like if it's the Titans, the official Titans account would just announce it, yeah. or it would be Jim White or someone like that. Yeah. But with them, it's it's Jim Ursa himself. I think I think I think I genuinely think Jim Ursa used to have the password to the Colts account, and then someone <laughs> just took it off of him. So he just went, "I'm just going to do it on my own account and just tweet tweet out whatever the hell I want." <laughs> um, you know what? I'm I'm making the most of it because they're just a terrible, terrible football team right now, and and. They've got a perfectly capable running back. If they want to waste years on 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 having him at his, at his best level, highest level, then so be it, because it's it's brilliant to watch. Um, and hi, Nate, because I'm sure you're listening. <laughs> right, on that bombshell, um, let's let's leave it for now. Um, nothing silly against the Broncos, please, Titans. Um, let's get Burks and Tannehill back. Um, let's go to six and three. And... Yeah, should we do this again next week and talk about how we're going to beat the Green Bay Packers? Does that sound good? Sounds good to me. All right, tighten up in the meantime. Tighten up. <laughs>